Before the Rings of Power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was Beren and Luthien. Join us as we explore Tolkien and all the ages of Middle-earth with your hosts from TheOneRing.com, Jonathan Watson, Michael Grumbine, and Dan Coates. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's our first year, guys. Every oh, year we're going to do that, aren't we? <laughs> year two. Music. No, I, guys, one year. One, actually, awesome. one year One year was a week ago today. It was May 24th, Shh, don't give 2022. Away That's not a secret. You can actually just go and look at the podcast list and see this, what date it was. And who does done. that? Yeah. I, Come on. I do. But one year. So, so this makes this episode a little bit different because instead Special. of diving into Tolkien, we're going to dive into each of our brains. Now we're going to talk about like where wow. we started from and get a lot of information about, you know, who we are and why we love Tolkien, what got us into that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about all the stats around the podcast and we'll get questions in the extended members section um, from our uh, members who you can become one if you go to thewondering.com slash member. It's $4 a month. First I've month. decided to ad lib a, a question to the member section, which I will tease here, which oh, is sweet. what do our families really think about this podcast and us doing it? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Wait, see, now I got to add it to my show notes. Mm. What do our families think about this podcast? That's a great, great, great. Um, yeah. Or which family members too, because it makes a difference. Well, see, now you changed it. I'm going to dominate like 20 minutes of that <laughs> <I know>. segment. <laughs> Oh, let, me, man. let me list them and all of their various kids. reactions. Um, mm. All right. So, yeah, become a member. But we're, we're, we're going to talk about, about a lot of stuff. But first, I want to say, guys, I had a good week. I, um, oh, yeah. Last night, my, uh, my, my wife's mom actually texted her and she's like, hey, there's this um, Tolkien trivia night at this bar and grill in town near us, which we've been to before. And oh, been nice. Oh, so, no. uh, See, I'm jealous now. <laughs> I know. So we were like, oh, it's in two hours. She's like, I'll babysit the kids. And I said, okay, let's go. Uh, and we went and uh, there were 20, let's see, 23 questions. But I got, I got one wrong. One wrong nice. the entire time. Yeah. It's, it started off with simple things, kind of like, what was the name of Frodo's sword? Uh, what was the name of Aragorn's sword, which, you know, still relatively easy. Um, mm -hmm. but then which name of Aragorn's sword? Oh, they took both. They took both okay. Narsil and Anduril. And I'm a little mm -hmm. miffed at that. They should have just taken Anduril just, because exactly. Narsil is not Aragorn's sword. Uh, well, but it is it because is, he, but it, car he carried it. So I, I see why uh, they accept it. All right. Uh, but not, <laughs> it was, it was theoretically a films thing. The, the one question I got wrong is, what is the name of the river that flows through Lothlorien? Through Lothlorien. And it's not the Anduin. No, it's not the Anduin. It's, yeah. oh, do you, want, do you want me to take a shot? Well, I, I know Dan doesn't know because I, I couldn't remember it for the life of me. Here, do you, do you know Dan? No, I don't think I don't. they even mentioned it in the movies at all because it was supposed to be about the movies. But go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. What is it? What do you There's two of them at the top um, above Lothlorien, so I'm not sure which one it, what it yeah. was, but it's Nimmerdil. No, not Nimmerdil. Mm. No. Okay, hold on. Uh, mm -hmm. The Silverload. Yes, you're okay. right. The Silverload. It has another name. They didn't actually mention the name Silverload in the in the answers. It was it's called, I think the Celebrant, I believe is the name All for right. it. Uh, so anyway, 
got so that one wrong. Uh, but it was us, and it was a family of three Scottish people, a family that came to do this. And the guy had a tattoo of Narsal on his leg. He was like 60-something. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, wow. And I was like, and it was essentially because my wife went, and she's like, yeah, I don't have any of the answers, so it's all on you. <laughs> and, so we, uh, and we got to the tiebreaker. And then the tiebreaker question, the first one was, what's the name of uh, the bridge that Gandalf faces the Balrog on? And I was like, uh, it's the Bridge of Khazad Doom. I don't think it has another name. I'm pretty sure right. that's it. And so I was like, you know, it's one of those trivia things. You're like, am I missing? Is right. there a name? All of a sudden, self-doubt yeah, creeps right. in. You're like, wait. So we both crazy. got that one right. And then he's like, I, he's like, I just got to find a really hard question. And so his next question was, what is what date was, what year was Tolkien's first novel published? Oh, so I would have got that wrong. Really? I did, mm. I got that one right. What so, you got the year right? That's awesome. What right. is it? 1937. So you're the Hobbit. Was it's the Hobbit. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so that and so I got. This was actually was a competition. Fun. It wasn't. It wasn't like a a, a softball a game and like the the World Series champion shows up and just demolishes <laughs> everybody else. No, it was actually like there's some harder questions in there. And I'm Very cool. Rep- representing the runwing.com, Jonathan right. Watson. I didn't want to, like, I felt Did bad. Did you say saying, that to them? No, Did you tell them? No, I'm, I'm not going to be like, <laughs> hey, yes, yeah, so I've been running this website for 25 years and I've kind of been in it the whole time. So I wanted to just bring up some things that, like, the, how it's changed over the last year because, um, and we'll talk about how we started this and everything that happened, kind of go back to there, go back, go back to um, where, how we met and all that sort of stuff, how we met there too um he wore the shirt i did i wore the shirt on purpose so um we started with the podcast on may 24th we pretty much right away added youtube to it and so we we did that and then we added like a membership uh you know so you and with an extended podcast and a discord chat room and now we also have interviews that we do with people and we're now doing uh every other week we're doing live streams and I've also done some gaming live streams. So the podcast is now a monster. It has morphed into many, many things. Uh, and it's fun. It's busy, but it's good. And, uh, and I, I enjoy it. I'm hoping that, you know, we're always shooting for more members and more interactions because that's really what, I don't know, what brings the most fun. Like when, you know, I, not that I had a ton of live streamers, uh, people watching, but interacting with them while I was playing was much more fun playing Gollum that way than actually just playing Gollum. That would be, you know, mind-numbingly eye-boringly boring so, exactly yeah that's yeah. the that's which is the whole problem with the golem game is it is that there's there's nothing to do yeah there's nothing to do so so here's some stats then about the first year of what was okay and let's go back let's it was originally called window on the west I can't do Austin's Ruit voice but it was called window on the west because we and thought, by originally you know, he means until like three weeks ago yeah. <laughs> no, at this point, we're, we're approaching, I think, six. Six okay. whole weeks. <laughs> All right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we named it that just because we were like, well, you know, uh, we want to name something that's sort of, you know, it, it's indicative of Tolkien, but not necessarily 100% obviously Tolkien. And then we realized, well, we're just talking about Tolkien. If we don't put the name in the title and what we're actually doing, then will people know what the podcast is about? People think it's Window on the West, and you're like, oh, you're a shutters company. You, you add shutters to right? It's like, <laughs> no, we don't talk about installing shutters and screens on people's houses. Only so, on one part of the country, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so no, we are now exploring Tolkien. And uh, you can go to that URL, too. Uh, that will work. And it'll go right to our podcast page. Can't uh, believe we got exploring Tolkien. That's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, whole nine dollars. It was awesome. Still available. <laughs> by that. So we have so we've had fifty episodes. All right, here are the stats. Fifty episodes mm-hmm. with um thirty-five member only episodes, which are getting longer and longer with every week that we do it. I look next week <laughs> we should just start our members episode and then when we we, we, we can go should go right through to the next episode. So it'll just week. keep going. Yeah, yep. right. Just one um, continuous live stream. The the podcast has had eighty thousand listens. Um Whoa. yeah. Yeah, it's done pretty well um, across all the different platforms. We have, uh, as of right now, we have 10,582 YouTube subscribers. Not bad for with, a newbie effort. Yeah, yeah, I know, for less than a year. And uh, 1,115,258 YouTube views. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rings of Power, I guess. But yeah. uh, still pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. We, you know, we, we, we we're, we're, I'm sure we'll, we'll see more and more. But you know, that that was fun to, to see it that really jump up. What's your uh, What's your best performing video? My best. Get the most. The bo- The biggest video is the. Um, I believe it's the one that hit hard when I was on vacation and I filmed it in a closet. Uh, the closet, uh huh, of my vacation house that I was at for two weeks in the middle of Tennessee in Waynesville, Tennessee. I guess that's really the east side of Tennessee. Uh, and it's uh, all the rings of power, all the rings of power problems in one image. Um, and got 77,000 views. Nice. So It'll be um, tune in next week, folks, when Michael says something nice about rings of power. In our, <laughs> I will actually. I have, I have a, in our second, in our penultimate uh Silmarillion episode. I have a nice thing to say about oh, the Rings awesome. of Power. All right. Okay. Tune in to next week. Next week. Yeah. Um, and then we we're have... going to get our, our lowest views ever next week. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, 6,163 Twitter followers, um, five Torque Inquisitions so far, which are the interviews that we do, uh, with three more planned right now. Uh, maybe one, two, three, four. I'm waiting on a fourth. So, uh, four Fellowship Fridays live um, by the time that this this airs because we're doing one the day after. When, anyway, between when mm-hmm. we record this and we publish it, we do another one. So we have four two gaming yep. live streams, and uh, and a lot coming. One bright future. How about that? There uh, you go. One bright. So the number keeps getting smaller. So that I mean, I feel like that's that's more than I really anticipated in the first year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you had if you had laid that out as as far as you know what we expected going into it one yeah. year in, yeah, I wouldn't have come close to that. I I thought that it was it would be what it exactly is, but there was more interest, and maybe that, a lot of that was rings of power at least it garnered sure. us attention. But yeah, because everyone wanted to talk about how bad it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, but also it's been your hard work, Jonathan, because you've you've mm-hmm. really added new segments and new done new things each time. The interviews have been fantastic, lots of fun with the different authors. We got, we got a fun one next yeah. week, which I don't think I can say quite yet. But right, um, yeah, it's a good one. And uh, and then we've done now now we're doing the biweekly uh, Fellowship streams. Fridays with mm-hmm. with different uh, podcasters. Nine p.m. Yeah. Eastern on Fridays, and we're doing it late. I know some of you are probably like, "Why is it nine p.m. Eastern on Friday?" Well, number one, a lot of us have kids, and we're home on Friday nights, so yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. nothing else to do. Turns out, <laughs> and uh, this yeah, is it works for everybody. Yep. So, but yeah, it's uh, we've got you know John from yeah. Tolkien Road and Miller Mixer, and uh, John Trent from uh, Bounding uh, uh, Com- into Comics, right? And then. Uh, yeah. Any anybody else who can join? Oh, Steve from Glasshammer. Um, 
We'll, we'll get Austin more and more. Freeman will be joining us. Ge- Ge- Garrett oh, right. as well. Garrett, who is uh, going to be starting his own podcast at some point, but uh, he's been a, a Tolkien aficionado for many, many years. That uh, brings a lot to the conversation. So next, so we'll do that tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we'll do that Friday nights. Starting so by the time this airs, we'll have had one on June second, uh, and the next one will be on June sixteenth. So every other week um, until you know we decide it's good enough to do every week. And we don't, none of us want to have our Friday nights free ever again. <laughs> I don't know See, this if is, I can this swing here in this my, The this reason goes, why I have my, my question for the members section about the, how, what the families think about our podcast. Right, I know, I know, right, okay. So yeah. well, It's been really cool to see just the reaction that there is a hunger for, mm. hey, what did Tolkien actually write? Mm. What, what's Tolkien really about? And just yeah. seeing that there's an audience for that, it's been really cool. Yeah stoked a lot by the rings of power of course and now we got the golem game but it's so sad isn't it in a way that while we've been doing this podcast the two major things that have been released are so bad they're so not capturing what tolkien wrote they're not excellent like tolkien's work we got the rings of power which just in my opinion failed on so many levels and then we got this golem game which looks bad plays poorly and the story is completely unworth not worthwhile playing because you know the whole story and what they have you do is grab the name tags of the different dead prisoners of the orcs you have to um uh the herd the orc cows there was a lot of um blowing like i had to blow up like grab a red rock which i don't know it creates a i had to blow up some barrels in some distant caves do that do three of those and i'm just like why i don't (laughs) I don't even remember why, because it was so bland and boring. So the whole game is is this, uh, it's, yeah. it's it's ditch digging. There's no point to it, and it, um, and then you're yeah. filling it back in. So anyway, we got those. I, d- I didn't know uh, I didn't know anything about the game until I saw the studio put out a statement where they were like apologizing for it. Did you guys see that? <laughs> yes. What? There's like a, there's like an Instagram oh, or a Twitter post where the studio that put out the Golem game were like, no we are way. so sorry. Um, I have to do it. This. Didn't it? It doesn't it doesn't live up to our standards, and we apologize and. Um, what? What's the name I of the studio that put it out? Daedalic. Daedalic. Um, yeah. Yeah. The problem is, is you can't fix just just plain. You can't fix just plain bad. There's no like it's the mechanics. It's everything. The whole the whole thing is a disaster from the start. So, I don't know why they would even put that. One, don't apologize. Never apologize for, um, for for something you put out because you're just letting people agree with you that's bad, and you realize why would I ever trust you in the future. I don't know. I just feel like it's a really, really bad decision. Can I read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go, folks. Here's here's. This is how bad the game is when the when the makers instantly Uh, apologize. I'll put my live stream links in the notes below. Um, Yep. Yeah. So, Datalic Entertainment, dear players, first sentence: We would like to sincerely apologize for the underwhelming experience many of you have had with the Lord of the Ring. Lord of the Ring God. I know. Isn't that funny? They, they even missed out. Austin Freeman it, pointed that out. He was like, it shows you how much they cared when they couldn't even get Oh, the, my god! Yeah, they didn't get Lord of the Ring. They didn't get the z- name of their own game right when they up in a PR release. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Man. This is new lows. Wow. Okay. We acknowledge and deeply regret that the game did not meet the expectations we set for ourselves or for our dedicated community. Please accept our sincere apologies for any disappointments that may have caused and a full re fund oh wait they didn't say that part they're not going to get a full <laughs> no one's going to get a refund no one will get their money back we our goal is the studio is money thank you <laughs> exactly <laughs> suckers thanks for the money uh our goal as a studio and as passionate 
Lord of the Rings fans, are they sure it's Lord of the Rings instead of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> has always awful. been to tell a compelling, immersive, story-driven adventure. Wait, 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 hold on. They are. They said our goal as a studio and as a patch. So, so our goal as passionate Lord of the Rings fans has always been to tell a compelling and immersive story-driven adventure. Always. That's been their goal. Always. And they did it once, and they failed. Yeah. So I don't know if you can say that. Crafting hey, a story with Middle Earth know, as our playground has been the greatest honor and the biggest challenge we've faced so, so far. far. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What does that even mean? They're I mean it's sort of like what it's oh like. It's God. like going like you know. My hardest part of going to work was actually going going to work. Yeah, you know, it reminds me it, of. It doesn't of tell the you anything. Monty Python and the Flying Circus. You know, the the writers have been sacked. <laughs> oh, the, 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 those who have sacked the writers have now been sacked and the, those who have been sacked who sacked the writers have now also been sacked and like exactly in other words folks you failed by choosing this as your game this, there <laughs> this is, is no a... way that this is a compelling game if you were oh, really man. lord of the rings fans then but you would know would yeah. you would know that this was not this this is, was never going to work it is a i mean Gollum is a fascinating character but he makes the least uh, compelling playthrough character that there is. The yeah. guy can't even put on pants. Like, it, like you, <laughs> you, you get nothing out of it. Oh, okay. my goodness. Anyway, at Datalik, we understand that the game's success relies on the enjoyment and satisfaction of its players. We genuinely value your feedback and have been actively listening to your voices, reading your comments, and analyzing the constructive criticism and suggestions you have provided. And also, this message was generated by ChatGPT. Our <laughs> development team has been working diligently to address the bugs and technical issues many of you experienced. We are committed to providing you with patches that will allow you... <laughs> <laughs> oh yes that's gonna fix the game it's gonna... patches <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh once again we deeply apologize for any inconvenience caused. like okay that line that's like when someone cancels your flight that's the message that comes over the loudspeaker mm -hmm. we appreciate your understanding during this time yep that's exactly that's delta airlines someone someone cut and pasted the wrong text we will continue to keep you updated on our progress and provide transparent communication regarding the upcoming patches and improvements your passion and dedication to players have been the driving force behind our determination to make things right thank you for your support sincerely no one will put their name to it so they just give it a logo. <laughs> you know i think uh, i think we should give them the benefit of the doubt i i think that at least one person there is a lord of the ring fan Oh. <laughs> I agree. I, I think there are plenty of Lord of the Ring fans. <laughs> yeah. How much did you spend on that, Jonathan? Don't to get a copy. <laughs> also, John, and, and and what was the DLC? What did you pay for the for the DLC? Ten dollars. And for what? what Ten dollars. What did you get for it? I got Gollum emotes. <laughs> Cinderin that the parent hasn't appeared yet. I don't even know what else. I think did I get a like behind the scenes video of their developers working from home during COVID during the lockdown? So I asked ChatGPT to write an apology for me, and here's what we got. All right. So we, the hapless knights of game development, find ourselves amidst the sticky situation with our game Lord of the Rings Gollum. We come before you, laden with guilt, to apologize for the monstrous mess we've unleashed upon your screens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Our quest to capture the magic of Tolkien's universe has gone awry like a knight in shining armor trying to navigate a swamp full of killer rabbits. 
<laughs> Our development you know what? process. I take back what I said. ChatGPT would have been better than this, this drivel that they gave us. Our development process oh. resembled a comedy of errors with more twists and turns than a frenzied silly walk. The game, alas, is as wonky as a confused knight wielding a rubber chicken instead of a sword. The textures are more befuddling than the holy hand grenade, and the controls are as chaotic as a castle siege led by a shrubbery-wielding army. Wow, it's really leaning into the Monty Python. Monty Python, yeah. Bugs and glitches infest the realm of the Lord of the Rings like a plague of flying cows. We were caught in the... We were yep. caught in the clutches of Sauron's eye, blinded by its fiery gaze as we stumbled through the dark corridors of programming. <laughs> we, we hang our That's heads in funny. shame and extend our sincerest apologies. Like knights charging into battle, we vow to don our coating armor and embark on a mighty crusade to vanquish the bugs, smoothen the gameplay, and restore your faith in our quest. Fear not, brave players, for we shall not let this fiasco pass without retribution. Our valiant team, armed with keyboards and unwavering determination, shall work <laughs> tirelessly to deliver a game worthy of the fellowship of fans like yourselves. So hold tight, dear adventurers, as we venture forth on this perilous path of redemption. Hey, you know, it's the biggest challenge. This perilous path of redemption is the biggest challenge they're going to face so far. We promise um, to turn the Lord of the Rings Golem into a gaming experience that will make you laugh, cheer, and rejoice, much like a knight who finally finds his missing limb. Hmm. With, a, with a sprinkle of absurdity and a dash of wit, we humbly ask for your forgiveness and assure you that our future endeavors shall be legendary. Yeah, that's kind of... Um, yeah, it's better. It's kind of better. I'm looking forward to seeing what's in that patch. So <laughs> I know, I know that might be the time bringing back. That was, that's what got me. So it's most. funny. So as, as an aside, so the company, the reason this company made it is because they got a grant by the German government. So they weren't required to actually do a good job because they're not mm. a real business. What? That's that what true? I, I believe. So they got a grant from the government and that's why they are already planning a second one. Cause they got a second grant. Oh um, my gosh. So, this is awesome. This, this is so cool. This is a, a, a an actual live example of why you never give the government anything because it just yeah. sucks at everything it does. Mm. This is all, like, seriously, they got to, Oh my God. So they got Someone 2 million euros from the German government in order to make the next game after Gollum, whatever that's going to end up being another Lord of the Rings game. What, why is would this the just like, government a, is this just this? like a, is this just like a make work wow. thing? Like they just want to make employment go up or what? Like I, I, yeah, probably employ like 10 people, an extra 10 yeah. or something. So bizarre. Well, no, I'm serious. What stake does the German government have in Lord of the Rings IP? I, I don't. I have no idea. But there you go. It's funded to make another one, and um, they received a grant of over two million euros from the German government to work on another Lord of the Rings game. There you go, the Gollum game. All right, guys. We, I don't know if we can leave all this in the episode. It's going to be so long. So we got to move on. We got to like talk about the real thing. So first of all, uh, those the, all the stats. Let's rewind, and for each of us, let's talk about. How we got started into Tolkien, because we, you know, I think we talked about this originally, you know, 50 episodes ago or 49 episodes ago, however long ago we, we did. But I know we have a lot more listeners now, and I thought it'd be interesting to find out, like, how did you get into Tolkien? I can start, which was um, in seventh grade, uh, I think at that point I had, of time, I had exhausted young adventure novels I was going to read, a lot of the Hardy Boys, that kind of stuff, right? Very, very light reading. And my dad was like, here, try this. Uh, and so... Uh, I read The Fellowship of the Ring. It had that old funky cover with the like the weird bird flying thing. I don't remember that. It was really oh yeah, I remember that. Um, uh, and uh, and I couldn't put it down. I read uh, all three books in about a week, and I remember or two weeks maybe. I don't remember how long. It was really brief. I just remember particularly finishing 
the return of the king. My dad was a pastor, so I would sit in church. Finishing the return of the king, I wouldn't read during the service. I would read, however, after while we were waiting for him. I was just sitting there waiting. I'm finishing the return of the king and just being so mm-hmm. sad, sitting in the church mm-hmm. when, the Lord, when the Lord of the Rings was over and going through the, uh, the appendices at that point, going like, oh, it's just not a story. Like, what happened? I, oh, no, there's not enough. And so that was my first real... Uh, yeah, that was when I, I got into it. And ever since then, it's been trying to fill that, you know, Tolkien-shaped hole in my heart, like I've said before. Uh, and I tried the Silmarillion at that age. Couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. Like, it just was like, it was not what I wanted. Uh, but I did start reading a lot of other fantasy, which, you, know, you found some good stuff, but then there was always a, a lot of duds. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I started. And then in, um, in 99, we started, uh, me and uh, another guy named Ted, we started, uh, the the wondering.com i did not buy the wondering.net because i was a starving student at the time and domain names cost 70 dollars then not 10 dollars. and i'm sure with inflation that's like 110 dollars now uh so i didn't buy the wondering.net um and then here so interesting thing so we did that and you know this was before social media this was before um all the uh like, like it's so easy to get information now right it's it's everywhere all the time people are telling you like everything comes out we had 15,000 articles on the site, just news, like every bit of news that would come in was posted on the site. Um, and we built our own content management system so that we could manage all that. And we still have gallery and all that sort of stuff. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, so, so that was, that was a lot of fun at one for, for the span of like two years, we renamed our URL to TolkienOnline.com. And so for, this feels like a tactical error. Well, um, we wanted to be different than the other site and, uh, that lent us a different, I mean, we're still confused with, with wondering.net fine. And I know a couple of the founders, it's completely different people running the site now. Um, and you know, we have our own interesting history with them too, which maybe one day I'll reveal, but, um, we had Tolkien online for, I want to say, what say that again, but only in the member section. Yeah. Right. Someday we'll we could do that. Um, hmm. maybe, maybe, um, so uh, we had Tolkien online and then I want to say it was like three months after return of the King came out. I got a letter from a lawyer from the Tolkien estate and they were like, you can't have this anymore. And in fact, any money you've made on the site while it's been Tolkien online, you have to uh, give to us. You see these little pins. I have them around. Hey, let me look for it. I got it one second. So basically it was the same. It was a, is it was the version of from the key and peel skit. You done messed up, a eh, Ron? <laughs> we did. So I didn't do this. It was my my guy who was running it with me at the Jonathan time. John will never know what I said until no, he edits no. edits the show. That was our. Uh, does Whoa, that work? Wait, back it up, back it up. There, there we go. There right. we go. Oh, there that was our logo there for a while. Okay. You can see how it's like Tolkien. There's the R. Anyway, but we 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 kind of tried to make it separate and change some stylings and things like that. Uh, they came to us. This is an old like business card because we were so excited. They came to us and we're like, yeah, you can't do that. We sold these little enamel pins for this for our members. We had like 500, 400 paying members at the time too. We had a membership system wow. and message boards and all that. 50,000 people a day came to the site. It was big. Um, but they said, but we didn't make any money because hosting was super expensive. Like it was like 2000 to $3,000 a month just to keep the site running at the time. Wow. Um, and our membership just barely paid for that with the ads. Um, and so they said, any money you made on this, you're going to have to revert to the Tolkien Society or else we're going to sue you. And I was like, oh, great. Well, I told them, like, so we made a grand total of, like, gross was, like, seven or $800 on these little pins. This isn't a pin. This is just a picture of it. Uh, and uh, it cost us, like, $500 to make them. And they're like, okay, send us the $200. That's what they did. Wow. 
And so that left a really bad taste in my mouth because they did it right after Return of the King, right after the films came out. And I was like, this seems like really opportune timing for that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so then, so then we reverted back to the one we gave them the domain. I'm like, it's not worth my time to, to fight this at all. It's not like it was a business that was making money or doing anything, um, at that point that, that I could defend as something to defend. So I just reverted to the one then from Tolkien online, but now you go to Tolkien online, it goes right to the Tolkien estate. Anyway, that's how I got started. And then, you know, it's been a, it's been a journey ever since, but, uh, Michael, how about you? How did you get started into Tolkien and where is it taking? Um, you? it's going to sound so, very similar. So Dan, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Change it up. Okay. Yeah. I think I mentioned this before a long time ago, but I, I read the Hobbit as part of my eighth grade English class. So, uh, yeah, we, we just had, uh, daily reading and, and going through it chapter by chapter. And so I, I remember doing that, uh, Mrs. Boda in eighth grade hmm. was my teacher. And I remember associated uh, we, with Tolkien is memorable. That's the only, yeah, I we, remember. I remember we had like an art project that was associated with it where like we had a big giant, um, picture of a, of a red dragon sitting on top of a pile of gold. And, um, mm. yeah, like she she went really into, into that. So that, 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 that's a really cool memory. And I think it was shortly after that, like maybe the following year, uh, my grandma bought me the box set with the Hobbit and the, the Lord of the Rings. But I, I sadly, um, did not read the Lord of the Rings. I think I tried to pick up the fellowship of the ring multiple times. And I think I just always, stop somewhere in the shire i never got mm -hmm. out of the shire and um, why do you think that was what was it that, um, that didn't appeal to you are you I think are you less of, I think, less of a fiction guy more of a non-fiction guy I, I think growing up i'm just less of a reader maybe i, I never really got into fiction hmm. uh, even now i would say like for the most part tolkien is like the only fiction i really read i, I i've picked up um some c.s lewis i've picked up some gk chesterton in recent years but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a wide reader. I don't, I don't read a whole lot. Um, sadly, uh, that's to my shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that's because partly because it's just growing up in our culture. It's like, everything's video games, everything's movies. Um, it's, it's sitting down to read a book. It's like work, you know, you have to really be dedicated to, I'm going to stop everything, especially now with smartphones. You're just like, okay, I'm going to turn off my phone and open up this book. <laughs> So, um, yeah. I think I read Lord of the Rings, uh, front to back, maybe when I turned, I want to say 30, 31, which wasn't that long ago. It was, oh, uh, maybe, like 20, maybe 21, five, five or six years, years ago. ago. Oh, <laughs> so it wasn't that long ago when I finally, finally <laughs> read, I, I watched, I watched the movie, many, the movie trilogy many, many times before yeah. I finished the book finally. Um, so I always enjoyed the world as I saw it in the movie and the characters that I saw in the movie. Um, Did you then finish I, I... the book before the um, Babylon Bees website? Because we all had connections to the Babylon mm. Bees podcast on Lord of the Rings, um, the Bee Reads I Lord think, of the Rings. I, I think that the Babylon Bee did exist when I finally read the book. I was working in a sales job at the same time Kyle was uh, when he started writing articles for them. And it was, a, it was about that time when I finally read it when I was living down in San Diego. Okay. So before the, before the B Reads podcast. Yeah. So when the B Reads, uh, the Lord of the Rings happened, that was my second time reading the Lord of the Rings. And I, I got way more out of it because I, I think when I was reading it the first time, I was almost like reading it just to say that I read it. 
you know, so you're just kind of reading it faster and not picking up a lot of the details. You're just getting the action maybe. Mm. And then when I read it through with you guys and with Kyle the second time, it's like, I, I got so much deeper into the themes and, and who these characters are and, and Tolkien's description of the world. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's where mm. I'm coming from. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were introduced by into Lord of the Rings more so by the films than, mm-hmm. um, than by the books. Which brings us to Michael, who is deep, deep into the books. More so than either you or I, Dan. I mean, he's read it. How many times have you read mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings? Did you say 21? I'm finishing like my 21st time. Yeah. Dang. Um, wow. So, but the, the reason is not because, and actually to Dan's point, I don't think I would if I didn't have kids. So I wouldn't have read it that many times. Mm. It, the wonder of showing them to my children and reading them to them. So yeah. since I have a lot of children, I've been re- reading them every couple of years, every two or three years, I'll, we'll, we'll start the cycle over again, read the Hobbit mm-hmm. and the Lord of the Rings to the, to the, the kids. And, um, yeah, I started when I was eight, I actually read them cover to cover in four days over one summer. Oh I didn't gosh. do anything. My mom thought I was there. Were, I was like starving <laughs> to death. I laid, a, I laid on my couch in the summertime at eight years old and at the ripe young age of, I guess that's fourth grade or third grade, um, between third and fourth. And, um, I did not get anything out of them close to it's, uh, I mean, I would say it's shameful, but it isn't cause I was only eight years old. So, you know, you, I got the action stuff out of it and I was, I had the same letdown feeling that you mentioned Jonathan when mm-hmm. I finished them, I was just like, no, there must be more. Yeah. And I also credit like you said, I credit, um, Lord of the Rings for sparking my love with, uh, other fantasy and sci-fi. I became a huge, I, voracious reader. I, I went to public school, yeah. spent much of my time in the library um, uh, when I was done with classes and sports, and um, would just read everything they had. I was so I from a, and I, w- I have a, spe- and a special love for imaginative literature. So so uh, I'm a big fiction reader versus nonfiction. Um, although I have read plenty of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And then I continued through college where I convinced one of our professors to hold a, a, a seminar on, um, on really? fairy stories, which wow. was fun. Uh, and, uh, and so, and then um, it's actually a professor we may have on our podcast at some point. Oh, He's awesome. Still, still, still kicking around and he would like to, uh, he would like to contribute last I heard. Awesome. So anyway, um, and then when I started, I got married, started having kids. I just started reading them over and over and, you know, every time I read them, they just, they get deeper and deeper. And it's funny because you can think, you can think of it in a way, you know, some people, if you're a pessimist or so, um, you could think of it as, you know, you're just, you know, sort of forced to find, to shoehorn in more yeah. meaning into the literature as you, cause you're reading it for the 21st time. But that's not my experience when I've reread other books, even other good books, even things like the Narnia Chronicles. I, I also enjoy reading the Narnia Chronicles close to my very young kids, but I don't get more out of them each time. And even though C.S. Lewis is a fantastic author, there's a there's a true depth to what Tolkien created in these works that is almost unique. I do believe it is actually the greatest work of fiction of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it it deserves a place in the annals of great literature uh, across. I think yeah. time will show this, um, but, you know, just how, just like we read um literature from previous you know don quixote and and we read the song of roland and we read beowulf and we read um all sorts of you know milton yeah. and and gulliver's travels and all sorts of other uh, fantasy-ish literature um or fantastic literature of some kind or other uh, the 
the Arthurian legends, I think that people will read Tolkien for a long time. Um, well, what's what's unique about Tolkien, I think, too, is that and and you, I mean, I think you've experienced this more recently than than either of us, Dan. Is that when you get into the Lord of the Rings is like the flower shooting off from the tree, right? You you know there's a tree behind it, and you you know mm-hmm. like that there's all this little stuff that's that, that that's necessary in order to create this thing. Mm-hmm. But you miss a lot of it because all you're doing is looking at the flower. Once you start, boy, the, that flower is pretty. Yeah, yeah. Sure and is pretty. once you once you start like you're like, wait, there's there's a whole trunk. There's everything else, and you start experiencing it on that. That flower becomes more and more beautiful every time because you know everything that w- w- took to make that right. And so, mm-hmm. when you go through the Silmarillion and unfinished tales, and you read his essays, and you know his, you you know have a better sense of the author. It makes what he wrote so much more not impressive, but it speaks so much more to you in many ways that it didn't the first read through. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm always struck by that line. I think C.S. Lewis, uh, did a review one time of, it was either the Hobbit or the fellowship of the ring, but he, he wrote this review and he was saying the thing that strikes you when you read Tolkien's mythology is that this is a world that's lived in, and mm-hmm. all of these characters have a right to be there. Like they, they have their yeah. own. It's, it's, it's almost like they're more real yeah. because it's like they're, they're in a world that's been going on before they even existed. And, right. and it will, will keep going on. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, and, it's lived in. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we are going to cover in our exploring Tolkien podcast. At some point we are going to cover on fairy stories mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll hear much more about that because yeah. it's funny because uh, Lewis, that was Lewis's impression because that was Tolkien's goal was yeah. to, mm-hmm. was to make that kind of what he would call a secondary world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is us guys. That's how we all found Tolkien. Now, how did we all find each other? <laughs> mm. Well, Jonathan is wearing the shirt. So I am actually, well, here's the funny thing. So um, I used to live uh, in California near where Dan's, where the Babylon Bees offices are. And I was, uh, let's see, this would be 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, December of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, wait, is that COVID years? Yes. No. It's like right before COVID Right before hit. COVID is 2021? Yeah. No, 2020 was COVID. COVID was March 2020, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was six months after that. Um. So, uh, so I was in the office, we still had an office, but nobody else was there except two of us. And it was like enough space for like 10 people in there. Like it was a larger, like not, not a huge office, but enough for my, my business to, to, to run, but nobody else was there. So I was listening to the Babylon B podcast and, and Cal said, Cal man, the poster, the editor in chief there who, who hosted said, uh, he's like, Oh, we're going to be doing a Lord of the Rings podcast. And so I was like, Oh, hmm. ah, let me go to their chat and, or the, your, your contact form and just say, Hey, uh, it sounds like you're doing Lord of the Rings podcast. I'd love to hop out and connect you guys with any fans or anything like that. Not thinking that like what you did. Uh, and so I sent that off. And like that night you were like, sure, we'd love to talk. Would you be open to being on the podcast? Essentially like next week <laughs> yep. or the day after tomorrow or something crazy like that. And I was like, uh, sure. Like I, that was not, that was completely unexpected. And so at that point I'd already been packing cause we know we knew we were going to be moving from California. Um, and so I packed up all my Lord of the Rings books. I packed up, like, I had no, like, physical copy books anymore. And I couldn't sit there, like, reading it with a digital copy. That would look incredibly, like, I thought that would just look bad. So I ran down to a bookstore, grabbed the full uh, full edition of Lord of the Rings and started reading, like, the first, I don't know, however many pages you were into it at that point. And then Did you get the, the compendium version or the th- with three books? The three books, yeah. 
Um, and so we did the podcast with you guys. I was nervous, dude. I was so nervous. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I'd never, like, I'm, I'm a, at heart, I'm an introvert. Um, but, uh, you know, which is why he, uh, you know, does so much media and, um, runs <laughs> I can play the part <laughs> and my business. I'm the one, I speak to a lot of clients and I deal with mm-hmm. all our employees so and things the like client that. Facing, so yeah. I have, uh, I have the, uh, practiced behavior that's necessary for it. And I don't, I don't mind it, but you know, I need my time alone. So I'll go outside and read a book and smoke a cigar for long enough to re- recharge myself. In any case. So we did that. And then that day when we did it, you invited me to this cigar store. I can't really mm-hmm. get right there. Uh, to to go to a Chestertonian's reading group and my my internal introvert was like oh really and then I, and then I was like you know what I reached out to you guys and you guys reached out to me so I'm just gonna be like yes let's go let's let's find there and then I met the greatest people in this group um, and Michael so <laughs> <laughs> this is fair <laughs> oh man that's awesome no and I think Michael I was there and then like two weeks later you came for the first time. Oh, you'd only been there for two weeks. I didn't realize that. It was, uh, it was like uh, December 15th or something like that, 2020. And I think you came pretty soon after that for the first time. Anyway. I came in uh, spring 2021, yeah. Okay, so it was maybe a, a month or so or two. Uh, but yeah, so I, we got there and then I got to know you better and a lot of other folks. I mean, it was, it was a great cross-section of people, not just, mm. um, not, even not just believers, but, uh, you know, Catholics and Protestants. And <laughs> wasn't there a Muslim guy? And, <laughs> Wait a minute. Not just believers, but also Catholics, Catholics and, Protestants. and Protestants. So that means Catholics and Protestants aren't believers. And Michael. So <laughs> <There's me. laughs> that's where i was going with that yep. um but yeah yeah so that that's my memory yeah. i don't know do you guys like uh, that was a quick quick overview and it's a little more yeah. than that but well it was i was actually and then when you were leaving a few months later they were actually leaving leaving i feel like we should be part of this like you know like a a hi i'm michael <laughs> and i'm an addict um <laughs> it's like the california the CAA, the California Addicts <laughs> Anonymous. So I also used to be a California resident, and uh, and um, I, I took over the very large shoes uh, that Jonathan had filled on the Babylon Bees, Bee Reads, Lord of the Rings podcast. And uh, I was also nervous in my first time, but then I listened to a few of your podcasts. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. They're just riffing. <laughs> yeah. You, know, yeah. I, you, I, you clearly knew more than what I knew. So I was just mm. like, I, I was. I know oh, more about, about elves, apparently, because I'm not bothered by Legolas running on snow. <laughs> but uh... I'm never going to get over that. Never. <laughs> never. But what's funny is like, so. Um, I mean, and I think one of the first times you asked me once is like, oh, I, I think I've read some of your stuff. Like, and there's, a, we found out there's another Jonathan Watson who's written like some Tolkien papers online yes. or something like that. And you <laughs> thought that was me. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not that smart, man. I, I, ran, I ran a, a little uh, website here for a while. But, um, and so that was like the first, maybe that was the first night you were there, I think you too. And we just started talking Tolkien and, and uh, hmm. we're there yeah. many yeah, nights until great. like two or three in the morning. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of camaraderie. Um, it was a really, it's really, and we love Chesterton, uh, obviously as well. But uh, but it was it was the um, it was the kind of a companionship that you don't get a lot of, especially uh, masculine companionship. You don't get yeah. a lot of in our culture that, these days. And yeah. so I know I don't mm-hmm. know if, I don't know if I was supposed to say that out loud, but uh, you know. you're allowed to hear. It's a safe so, space. So it's okay. It's, it's okay. Space. That's right. So, Dan, you're like the glue because you're the one at the Babylon Bee. So the Bee did that whole podcast yeah. of the entire Lord of the Rings for one year about, a little more than a year yeah. or so. It was about a year. Yeah. And so it's one Michael of those Providence I, things. So you were on every episode. I was up through Fellowship of the Ring, which was like through through part of June, I think, 
of that year. And then they accelerated and they did all the two towers and Return of the King pretty much for the rest of the year. Um, and so we got through all. They finished that. in January. I wasn't there for the last couple episodes. Oh, that's but, uh, right. But I was there through uh, the end of December. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then we decided to start our own. And um, and I've and I've gotten less less uh, I've gotten uh, less. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm waiting. It's got to be a good word. I don't know. Less, uh, what's the Less word? Less afeared. Yeah. I am, I am, uh, I've done this a few times now. Now I just generally don't care what people think. And I've played the Gollum game, so I know it can't get worse. Yeah. You uh, have, in fact, <laughs> found the basement level. The, the, the lowest common denominator of everything yeah. is the Gollum game, and it is only, scares you only up from there. All right, guys, yeah. we are, we are in deep. So that's how we met. If you guys want any questions, you ask, ask in the comments on YouTube or get, become a member and join Discord. You can ask more questions about that. But, um, yeah, I will, I will that, go to the YouTube comments and we will, we will see yeah. if, anyone, if anyone has any questions. Yeah. Or if people want to start suggesting things to read next, we're going to do the on fairy stories for sure. Very soon after this, I think that'll be, that'll be a good sort of change of pace. Number two, we're going to start going through the complete list of film changes and, um, that too. But then we've at some point in the next few months, we should pick another book too. So, or maybe, right. Well, Tolkien has, I mean, it, we, it would be fun to read through some of his other fairy stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Farmer mm-hmm. Giles of Ham, yeah, and, Leaf by Niggle. Uh, Leaf by Niggle. That's less of a fairy story, but actually That's it is. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's more philosophy. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, Leaf by Niggle definitely, and then uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And I think you, we could also pick like um, certain longer stories that are in um, the histories of Middle Earth or unfinished tales. We don't have to do like let's go through the whole book, but we could pick certain parts of it because some of it is very dry and not. Mm, if it's scholarly, if that's your whole goal, then that, that would be part of it. But like if you go through the whole, um, the Athrabeth, which is Finrod and a human woman discussing mortality. Metaphysics. Uh, mm. Metaphysics, yeah, right. What does it mean? Um, what it was, anyway, so uh, that, the things like that would be interesting. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll pick. And eventually we got to do Lord of the Rings. I mean, we have to. Yep. We just can't. It might take us three years. But we well, just... look, we, there's plenty of material to do, and then but we will eventually come back and do Lord of the Rings. Maybe we'll 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 time it with the season two of the Rings of Power so that we can hit all the beats. When is that coming out anyway? 2024, I think. Yeah, 2024. Yay! Oh man, <laughs> look at the two reactions. Dan's like, <laughs> how many episodes of this are we gonna have to do? So you need to be on our live streams, Dan, because it's a catharsis. You get it all out of your system. Yep. Yeah. Like, you realize yeah. you're not the only one bearing the brunt of this pain in your life. Dan, and, have, uh, you, have, you, yeah. have you been able to watch any of the uh, Fellowship Fridays that we've had? I have not yet. Yeah. 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 They're actually yeah. pretty good. There's a lot of Time. different podcasters, and, it, and it's, it's a fun sort of bouncing of thoughts and ideas off. Yeah. yeah. We, we argue a bit, too, which is nice. People that is good. John Trent likes to argue. I, I, <laughs> I know. I've noticed this. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get him. He's a natural contrarian. Um, we'll see. And I think we're going to get Austin Freeman in hopefully on this Friday. And uh, we'll yep. see if like, we throw some hard questions at him then start arguing just for the sake of it and see how he reacts. Maybe we can get, if we can get anybody really angry in one of the episodes, clickbait, 100%. We'll just throw that's that right. <laughs> that's right. That's what goes viral. All right, guys. So normally when we have um, our extended show. And so here, for those of you who don't get the extended podcast, this is actually what it sounds like. So I'm going to play our extended podcast, which is beautiful. So, Did you think it would end this way? Oh, the journey doesn't end here. The gray rain curtain of this episode will be rolled back 
and all will turn to silver glass. And then you hear it. Distant sounds like waves on diamond shores. A far greater episode under a swift sunrise. I just want to go to sleep. so nice. beautiful. That's right. Um, Exploring Tolkien does ASMR. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> um, so normally, right, everybody's getting it this week, and we will do some. We will do some additional members-only stuff at the end. However, uh, for the questions that they asked, and, and Michael's question too, of what does our family think about this here? But for for all of our normal Tolkien inquisitions, where we interview folks like we've interviewed uh, John Trent and John Carswell and the Middle Earth Mixer, folks like that, um, these are the questions that we ask them each time so i think what we'll do is who should we who should go first should we just do one question at a time and have right. one question all right yeah. let's do one oh, question that makes sense all right me. i'll read i'll read the first question all right guys which circle of hell in dante's inferno does amazon's rings of power series belong in and i will read you favorite, these nine question. yes i will read you these nine quest nine levels just so that we have a clear understanding we're all on the same page limbo Lust, gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, violence, fraud, and treachery. Mm. Michael, and I, I, I gave them a, I gave you all a teaser, in that I actually have four arguments that it could be in, in, in. I have a final answer, but I can make an argument that it can be in one of four well, of those nine. Let's so, stick with your final answer, and then if we have the honor, if we have time for, well, why don't you? Uh, no, no, you go first. Mentions. You go first. Um, uh, I feel like, okay, it, to me, it's the first circle. It's treachery because it, it, ninth, it, yeah. fit in the ninth. Yeah. Sorry. The first, the ninth, the lowest level of, of, uh, hell there. Um, because it's a betrayal of what Tolkien actually wrote and is a betrayal of his works. And it is doing it on such a boringly bad level other than maybe the music, that was probably the best part of it. But everything about it doesn't doesn't seem like Tolkien to me. Like Peter Jackson hit so many notes in his in his. You can you can with his movies, you can argue that he did certain things wrong, but you would never say the entire thing. Like there, there it failed on so many levels because it didn't. It fit and to me. It failed with Faramir and with Aragorn and with Galadriel. But when it came to Hobbiton and the Shire, they hit those notes perfectly. When it came to um, even. Um, like Helm's Deep and the battle there. They did it so well. And the Ents, even though people were like, ah, they're too brief, they should have been more more slow and delayed. Like That's where I feel like it was a betrayal. And so treachery to me is where it would sit. All right, mm. along with Judas. In, right that's down right. there in uh, Dante's Jeff Bezos, Judas, and Brutus. It was all in the <laughs> same place. Exactly. All right. I will let Michael go last since... He's put a lot of thought into this one for the Hey, this year. is my question. I love this. <laughs> That's question. right. This is your question. All right, Dan, this is it's the, on you. The Venn diagram, the confluence of Tolkien and the great books, which is my one of my things I love most. Yeah. So uh, my preparation for this question was five minutes before the podcast, uh, <laughs> seeing, hey, guys, what are the questions? And then I looked up Dante's But for the Babylon Bee, do you really give these questions to the people before you ask them? That's true. You guys prep me. But it's just I'm just saying I have no I have no frame of reference for Dante. I've never read. This is great because this is what you've been, Dan. You have been the great the canary in the coal mine. You have been the 
first impression Dan. That's what we call you. Dan, so, you're the 99 percenter. So I'm just going to go with my gut here. I'm going with my gut. I like I like how you put them in the treachery. Like the like the, that's like the worst place you can be. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. you're basically right there with Lucifer. Um, I I think when I when I was reading it, I kind of placed it at reading um, it or watching it. I hope you're watching it, and not reading it. Watching what? Oh, I'm sorry. Power. When I was when I was when I was no 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 when I was oh. reading through like what are the nine oh, layers? Oh, got it. I, I looked okay. up a, I looked up a diagram to figure this out, <laughs> and I think I would <laughs> place them at uh, there, there's there's one for uh, heretics and serious criminals. Yeah, I think that's the, is yeah, that yeah. the is that the sixth level? Um, yes. Yeah, it's it just kind of seems like it's a little heretical. They they yeah. have taken a uh, a sacred text and they have twisted it and distorted it and have come up with their own version, which is um, heresy to what Tolkien wrote, I believe. Right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, both of your answers are potential answers of the four, but because this is an interesting podcast um, and not just, I'm not, I'm not lying. <laughs> as long as this. we keep saying it, it'll be true one day. One day. Um, <laughs> of the four that I had, because I, I could see it as either going into the ring of greed, the mm-hmm. ring of mercy, the ring of fraud, or the ring of treachery. So the, the reason though that I, I will, and you guys gave good arguments for heresy and treachery. I mean, heresy, it's, it's, it ultimately is about the relationships to uh, the right relationship to orthodoxy and, and God in basically. Um, and, and so the, there, that's a strong one. Treachery is a strong one, but the reason I, I, I dismiss treachery as the, my final answer anyway, is because in order for treachery to be the case, you have to have a special relationship with the person that you are that, that you're mm-hmm. with, and Amazon does not have that relationship with us or with Tolkien. So there's so, so as he, Amazon didn't stab anybody in the back with this. I say, and ultimately, <laughs> okay, okay, I, they, they I, just stabbed I, you I, in the front. I'll argue with that because I think the special relationship is with the book. It's, he's not betraying the person; he's betraying what we know but is. They there. don't have that relationship. If I were to make it as a lover of Tolkien, and I were to do what they did, it would be treachery. But I don't actually believe that almost anybody on that set has a special relationship with the books. So that's my that's the reason why I didn't make the final cut. My final cut answer is the eighth circle fraud, because. It's a lie. It says that it's about Tolkien. It is not Tolkien's world. It says that it's based on Tolkien's ideas. It is its principles are actually opposite to Tolkien's principles in so many cases. Case in point, um, the Harfoots or the the dirty little psychopaths, um, sociopaths, as we yeah. we, we mm. call them. I mean, everything about it. It like takes everything that's good about Tolkien and it twists it and it tries to conform it to to some lame ideology of today. It's 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 mm. a fraud. And so ultimately, while they had greed, while they did take that from a, from a fan base perspective, heresy is probably the best answer. Um, I say that ultimately it's just a lie. And, and, and uh, mm. that's where the, that's the circle I would put it in. All right. Finally, so I'm, I, I might have picked that one, but my chart here says that's where flatterers and sorcerers go. It did not. <laughs> so apparently I have a, I have an incorrect uh, chart here. So, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, no, no. That is a uh, flatterers and sorcerers are there, too. Um, and, and the reason which you didn't ask me to say, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. The reason is because everyone in the eighth circle of hell is violating man's um, relationship with truth, which is one of the highest the 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 highest and deepest things Mm. and so everything in everyone in the eighth circle violates truth man's relationship with truth in some way um so anyway 
that's why flatterers go in the same one as frauds. So, all right, all right, guys. Second question: You're stuck in the halls of Mandos and can only watch one of these movie trilogies for all time. Which do you pick? The Lord of the Rings, the original Star Wars trilogy, Back mm-hmm. to the Future, The Godfather, or I'm going to give you an out and say, is there another trilogy that you would watch? Mm. And there, trilogy has to be a trilogy. We're going trilogy. Lord of the Rings is a trilogy in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to go there, Michael. I'm going to start with you this time. Because- Lord of the Rings is extended version. Extended version. Even though yeah. being in the halls of Mandos, you will have had lived it at that point. So, watching... <laughs> no. If I was in the halls of Mandos, I would have died in the first age, so I wouldn't have had it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. I'll go. I'll go next. So for me, Star Wars. And when we get to the nerdiest thing I've ever done, you'll understand why. But and I will say that what I did, I used to drive uh, when I was like uh, uh, when I was in college. It was like twenty one, twenty two. Um, my commute to my job was about forty minutes without traffic in LA. So that was a long drive sometimes. And I got super bored of radio, talk radio, the music that I had, uh, right? No yeah. MP3s at this time. This was just, I had a six disc CD changer. I had to put in my car cause I was driving so much. I actually recorded Star Wars on audio so I could listen to the movies while I was driving. Uh, wow. wow so that's like i was finding things sir. so so that's one thing that i that i did so that star wars it would definitely be the original star wars trilogy for me yeah. mm. even though everything they're doing since 2013 has left a bad taste in my mouth and i'm i'm very unhappy with it i'm trying to separate the fan fiction that's been happening since then from the original that was happened that happened before so dan it's on you man this is a really tough question because there are several trilogies we can only pick one one trilogy. Yep. Um, so something that's on the list that's really good is the Indiana Jones trilogy. Mm. I'm so you're just ignoring the Crystal Skull? How dare you? How dare you, well, sir? Yeah, yeah that's, really not, that's, not in the, that's not in the trilogy, right? It's not really Indiana Jones. So. <laughs> that's right. Um, there's the Hobbit trilogy. The Hobbit trilogy Oh, no. <laughs> nope. Not up an answer. There. Um, well, uh, so I, I guess maybe I would pick... What was the premise of this question? That it's like you're in the halls of Mandos. You got that's the only movies you can watch for all eternity. Okay. Um, what about the Cornetto trilogy? Hmm. You've got oh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's Shaun right, of yeah, the yeah. Dead. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Hot Fuzz yeah. and World's End. Hmm. That'd be funny. I've never seen World's End actually. Oh man, should I? Yeah, I think yeah. you should. It should. Yeah, it's yeah, a good cult classic. All right, that's yeah. a good. I like that little left turn right there. You took right turn. Yeah. U-turn? Downturn. All right. Easy question. Dan, will go first with you. Whiskey, wine, or beer? Oh, man. I think I would go whiskey mm. uh, just because it's just... You can get hammered uh, beer, a lot faster. Beer. Well, yeah, it's more efficient. <laughs> and then, um, and beer is uh, is too high, too high in carbs. So mm. if you're trying to cut weight, that's not the best way to go. Mm. I okay. think I'll go whiskey. Maybe, maybe a good scotch or a good bourbon. All right. All right. Michael? Um, before I answer, i just like to say that I, I love the fact, as the token Catholic on this, on this podcast, that I'm getting the, the American Protestants to talk let's, about what's their favorite alcohol is. Let's, let's remember. Oh, yeah. Of course, remember, I'm half German, so we drink <laughs> yeah, real yeah. wine in the Lutheran church. Yep. <laughs> in Germany. Well, what you uh, drink is wine. That's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're the token Catholic here, not the token Catholic. <laughs> Just to be clear. Uh, hey. uh, boom. 
All right. All right. All What's right. Yours? So I would. I'm going bourbon. I'm going whiskey because bourbon mm. is, bourbon is the uh, the liquor, the nectar of the gods um, mm. in American society. The good bourbon anyway. Mm. So so it is. It pairs best with cigars. Oh, no, wait, I give away the answer to my next question. <laughs> All right. So I'll answer. Um, I've never liked hard liquor. I just uh, I just don't enjoy. I never never have. I've tried it many times. I'm just like, yeah, it's just not worth it. Wine. I don't enjoy the dryness of a lot of wine, so I'm not there. So for me, it's it's a good, generally a good Belgian beer. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a few ones called Celebrator. That's probably my favorite. Although I have found a really good, uh, I think it's an ale here in Tennessee called the Bear Walker, which is not that expensive. And it's a smaller mm-hmm. craft place right here. It's really good. So a beer that you can't see through, it, you, you should, should be able to hold it to a light and pretty much not be able to see much through it. So it's got to have a, a heft to it. I hate IPAs. Can't stand them. It's w- way mm-hmm. too hoppy. Um, but a, a good Belgian beer is, is where I'll go with that. Right. A good Belgian beer, not a good Belgian beer, right? Uh, yes. B-E-L-G-I-A-N. <laughs> no, uh, I'm saying that because that's what IPAs do. I can't, I can't enjoy them because they're just, they're, they, they do something bad in my stomach. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, they're not, they're not my thing. All right, question number four: cigars or pipes? Well, um, cigars. I guess I'll go it's for, easy. I'll go next. Both. I actually smoke both pipes and cigars. Mm. So I like but, a pipe. It just takes a lot more work. Yep, it's healthier for you. It takes a lot more yep. work. You get less yeah. nicotine in your system. Yep. Well. I'm definitely, uh, definitely on team cigar here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I've only been able to get one pipe to, to smoke for me and it's, it's still so much work and, and it's just frustrating for me. So yeah, it's not very relaxing in that regard. No. Yeah. And then you see that you hear those tales like Tolkien would be walking down this, you know, hiking down a road with a pipe clenched in his mouth, like puffing away as he walk as he hikes. He's like, he's like, he knows if he stops puffing, it's just going to go out. that's true (laughs) but but i I greatly admire people that can walk with a pipe clenched in their teeth that's impressive yeah Yeah. all right question five um dan i'm gonna have you answer this one first and uh, then i'll go next what's the nerdiest thing you've ever done the nerdiest thing you've wow There's this one time where I read the Cimmerillion and did a podcast. Um, <laughs> it's pretty dang nerdy. Oh, that sounds like an awesome idea. <laughs> oh man, we should do that, guys. <laughs> Let's start a podcast. Dude. The nerdiest uh, thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a board How gamer, many, so I, I, just I can probably say think that. of board game stuff. Yeah. How, what's the longest you've ever played board games in one day? Maybe ten hours. What's your favorite we'll board game? Some... Ooh, I don't know. Right if now, I could... what's your favorite two? Give me a good one. I like a game called the castles of Burgundy. That's pretty mm. fun. And I mean, I, I, and I know it's kind of fallen castles out of favor because it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's kind of seen as a gateway game and it's, it's, it's maybe too long for what it is, but I, I like the settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that was, I was going to choose that settlers of Catan is a fantastic game because it, it, it combines it, both strategic elements and right. social elements in a really, yeah. really the settlers of Catan way. is that nineties grunge band that became super popular. And then people started hating it because it got super popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's, but it's a, it's, it's, a, a, well it's a good game, game still. We, we still play yeah. it yeah. Yeah. in our house. Yeah. My kids are finally getting old enough where I can introduce them to good games and get out of, uh, I think we're officially out of Candyland at this point. <laughs> good. So that's, that's a really positive thing. Yeah, Candyland right. dis- disappeared on our move. For me, the nerdiest thing I've ever done was in, uh, when the Phantom Menace came out and, uh, people started organizing to line up for the Phantom Menace episode one of Star Wars. Um, my brother and I, who's a couple of years older than I am, we were like, let's do it. Let's go do the lineup. And so 
we helped. We were part of the team that helped set things up. I helped them initially get online with some like like because I, I was doing web stuff then and at least i knew how to do some technical things eventually they got like real people to help them like live stream from hollywood boulevard next to the i think at the time it was still they called the grommets chinese theater because it wasn't man's chinese theater i think they still call grommets anyway um but the chinese theater in hollywood we were like a half a block away and um you would have sign-ins and you got a badge and everything like that and sign up and so it was a very organized thing and for 230 something total hours i waited on the streets of Hollywood over the span of four weeks, uh, the last, I think I was there for 48 hours straight, that was the longest, for The Phantom Menace. Um, I mean, it was an awesome experience. You can't do that anymore because we know what California is like now. Uh, but we had right. some pretty unique experiences. Our, our tent got peed on at some point. By I was going to say, not an animal. That's, that's, that is <laughs> um, a Sunset Boulevard experience. Eggs, so. eggs were thrown at us. And, and I mean, it wasn't, okay, it's not a small crowd. We're talking like 70, 80, 90 people involved in this and so when it was a friday night and everybody was there it was it was a lot of stuff going on um and so yeah and so that that's actually when i was there as when i got the idea for the one ring it was like a day at work after staying overnight there i would go from there to my work and um uh sometimes i'd drive back afterwards for fun back to your back to your tent back to my yeah my collapsed tent and uh and it was you know it was like i'm still in touch with some of those people that we did that for um, I didn't really do the, you know, a Phantom Menace kind of takes out some of your uh, desire for seeing Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So I didn't wait anywhere nearly as long uh, for uh, for uh, either of the other films. But for that one, that was definitely the nerdiest thing I've ever done. And I, it was there that That's I had impressive. the idea to do the OneRing.com, registered that day, started working on it while I was actually there. And actually, that was when I listened to the Silmarillion for the first time, driving back and forth from hollywood to oh who did you listen to what who was doing the narration it was martin shaw it was still the same the same one they had now so um yeah that was the nerdiest thing michael yours uh mine is literary nerdy probably the nerdiest thing i've ever done which i have definitely said on here or at least on the member section but um before is i learned elvish a variety of different elvish languages wow um, really and uh and then i wrote um letters to my girlfriend in elvish and then i taught my kids wait. elvish then my wait, kid wait, wait, hold on hold on hold i on, got wait. a call wait wait okay okay go for it girlfriend or wife now or wife you... yes okay it was okay so she still married you yes she married all me. That. okay <laughs> just checking so that is that not nerdy that's nerdy that's super nerdy so i would write you know the tangwar script it wasn't it wasn't yeah. full elvish for her because she she could do the translation transcription, I should say. But um, anyway, mm-hmm. um, and then I passed it on to my children, my sons. I got a call from a teacher that my son had been had gotten in trouble in school because he was writing in between periods up on the white in between uh, recess and stuff. He would come in and he'd write elvish graffiti across the across the whiteboards, and all the kids who knew who he was teaching. Um, you know what the how to transliterate or transcribe the letters um, were laughing, and the teachers were very frustrated because they didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome! So uh, my kid got got in trouble for vandalizing for elvish vandalism. And <laughs> kind of like he actually, write. Um, he was writing as one does when one is that age, young. Um, 
he third grade he was writing um the usual so and so likes so and so that's it in <laughs> like different different people oh in the class gosh. you know talking about their budding love lives at uh third that's third amazing grade. Um, so yeah, I was, That's I couldn't have been prouder of my kid getting in trouble in school. I have to say. Wow. Uh, all right. Nerd checkbox done. We are definitely nerds. Mm-hmm. All of us. Mm. Um, although I think board games is totally the nerdiest hundred percent. That's the nerdiest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not wow. nearly I just not have to... 240 hours on a sidewalk. No, that was, that was a Boulevard communal experience a of joy and, and mm. finding common ground with people. It was, a so uh all right so i'm gonna pull up my board game geek profile so i have a profile on the website board game geek i'll give you my top 10 board games is that nerdy enough for you yes so i have a list that's been curated and i these games kick off and go back on i don't know so as of right now carcassonne galaxy trucker combat commander europe pandemic dungeon quest Lord of the Rings, The Confrontation, which I think I've recommended on this podcast before. Yep. Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small. So that's a, a different game than the, the main game, Agricola. Tigris and Euphrates, and Acquire. That's my list of top 10 games right now. Nice. I've only wow. played six six of those. So cool. I'm, I'm nerdy enough to have a top 10 board game list on <laughs> that is pretty nerdy. com. I don't have that. Nerd. Total. Yeah nerd uber nerd right there okay uh all right right from nerds into what would be your last meal if you could choose it michael you go first my last meal would be um because i'm a catholic would be the eucharist okay You're, other than the eucharist what would be your last meal oh i can't help it all right <laughs> Uh, it would absolutely be steak and mm. uh, whiskey and a cigar. Mm. That's good. That's good. All right, mine. I am a huge fan of chicken wings, especially from a place called Quaker Steak and Lube. Some of you might know about it. Uh, there are a few restaurants. The original one is in Western Pennsylvania in a town called Sharon. It, they converted a Quake, Quaker State a gas station into a larger thing and with cars and it was very cool uh wow. and when i was in college and high school like they would have all you can eat wing nights for like eight or nine bucks and so um i remember one night my brother and i we wanted to see i ate like 53 and he ate like 60 Whoa. Whoa. Uh, yeah didn't feel so good the next day no but uh but yeah wings i love wings so good wings from there mm. in particular their um their cajun i think it's just called cajun am i thinking louisiana liquor that's what it's called that's okay. my favorite mm. there it's a little bit of range. Have you ever done the wing challenge with the ten hottest wing wings dipping sauces? No, I don't want to hurt myself. Yeah, anyway, I'll, mm-hmm. I can do atomic and stuff. Like I, I have a very high tolerance, but I'm just like once it just becomes painful rather than any taste at all, I'm not. I'm out. It's not worth. Yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't make it all the way through. I stopped at nine. I was like, yeah. I'm not. It's just pain now. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan, you? Uh, I think I would probably go with just a good Italian dinner, just mm. like pasta, what, lasagna. What kind of what kind of pasta is your favorite? White sauce or red um, sauce? I go typically. I go for red sauce, so I'll have you know spaghetti, meatballs, that kind of thing. Um, pizza, just anything in that genre would be would be great with a, with a nice salad, and maybe some like Tuscan soup or something. That that would be really nice. good. Mm, yeah. So essentially, the Olive Garden. We'll take you to the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. 
Yeah, we'll we'll do that. That's my last meal. I, I don't know, Dan. It's sounding more and more papist. Yeah, oh, yeah I, man, I I I really true. like um, New York style pizza. So if I can get some like authentic, Dude, yeah. thin sliced New York type pizza, that that's that's my jam. All right, all right, good stuff. Well, speaking of your jam, Michael, who's your favorite Tolkien character, and why is it the Rings of Power's Gladriel? <laughs> uh lord of the, is it was a question lord of the rings or tolkien character uh did i say lord of the rings favorite tolkien character okay so my favorite tolkien character um it is a toss-up but i i'll probably have to go faramir is my favorite tolkien character closely followed by fingolfin and mm-hmm. because fingolfin represents the ultimate elven defiance of a power far greater than theirs and and um you know to actually fight in an armed combat the the black lord himself before there was a black lord the morgoth um it was is pretty dang awesome so so fantastic death and he was the he was the good the good brother as as opposed to fionor so of all the elves and the elves are the greatest of the children of iluvatar so um so but yeah faramir from a from the lord of the rings first books all right. Dan, do you want to go or do you want to think for a minute? I got one. <sighs> I'm still thinking. But okay. I, 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 yeah, go so, ahead. So it's not Turin Turin Bar, just so you guys know. <laughs> they were all waiting with baby. That's breath. good. That's good. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say just because of the feeling that I got when I first read it. And to have a favorite, it's, you know, it's like favorite kids. Right? You can't really name. They're just different a little bit. And there are other things you love about them. But you can, yes. <laughs> well, Catholics can. I can't. Um, so I don't know where that would, uh, I, you know, Gandalf, Gandalf mm-hmm. gets like, he's obviously he's, he's, when you first meet him, he's such a engaging character, right? You just like him right away, but yeah. you know that there's a depth to him. So he's written with, I'm trying to remember anyway, but you know, he's dangerous, right? He's got a, a sense that he's not completely safe, but yet he wants to protect. And so he's there protecting the fellowship, but he's also like grandfatherly and he's also a friend, right? He, he meets so many things. And then when you realize like, Oh wait, he came back from the dead. What's mm. his deal? Like the depth when he first read the Lord of the Rings is uh, you, 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 you want to find out more about Gandalf and what he is and you don't get it from there. So that, that was one of the things that drove me into like, wait, wait, who really is Gandalf if he came back from the dead? Right. And so I feel like just because of how I experienced him the first time I read him, Gandalf is still my favorite character. That's a good answer, but I feel like you just when so, uh, someone asked you your favorite board game, you just said Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Gandalf is like the Settlers of Catan of the. Of, of the I, I agree with you. Actually, almost uh, jokes aside, I actually almost went with Gandalf because huh. he spans both. He spans yeah. both the Silmarillion and the, right. and he's in the Rings of Power. You can't go wrong. <laughs> is he though? <laughs> we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Season two. Dan. Your favorite character? Yeah, uh, man, this is such a hard question for me because there's there's such a diverse range of characters. Uh, obviously, it's Tolkien, so the you know diversity it's is like your, it's, main, your main filter. Well, it, not diversity, but but just he he covers like such a broad spectrum of like you have the hobbits who are super loyal and um, like Sam who who sticks sticks with his master all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, you have Frodo who takes the weight of the ring and, and walks all the way basically to hell uh, with this heavy weight that he's carrying, um, almost like in a priestly role. Uh, mm-hmm. When we talk mm-hmm. to Austin Freeman, I, I'm inclined to say like Gandalf, uh, just because for the reasons that you say, and also there's a, there's a, this element about him where 
he's he's loyal to the free people of middle earth but he'll he'll just like walk off and just 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 leave and he won't explain himself he's just like i'm just i'm i was over here sorry i yeah i I, now i'm back what's the problem um yep he's the classic and i'm out yeah um i maybe maybe elrond see now i'm just listing like a whole bunch there's so many good ones right that's the problem yeah, I like I like Elrond. Elrond is a good just, pick. Go just, with Elrond. Just as, just yeah, I'll go with Elrond just to lock it in. Um, just because he 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 spans those those long ages of Middle Earth, and he, he's seen so much, and he's like a, a master of lore. He he knows the history and the context of like what's going on, and mm. he he's able to kind of be that safe refuge, that safe haven in the midst of this chaotic war. And he's able to kind of explain. He he's almost like he's almost like Tolkien stepping into his world and going, "Okay, here's what's going on. Here's who the bad guy is. Here's you know." He's able to give all the information that that you know that that kind of sets up the whole mm-hmm. story. I don't I don't know. He's he's almost like a historian a little bit, or maybe I'm just reading into this too much. But yeah, it just no, seems like just... he's seen he's seen so much. He's he was part of the Last Alliance and. He can tell you like what what came before the Lord of the Rings, and he's helping the characters in the story of the Lord of the Rings. He's, he's just a cool character. Good really answer. Is. I mean, there's so yeah. many good ones, right? You're just kind of picking like, yeah, you can pick any of them, including Turin, if you really wanted to. <laughs> you could say Turin. All right, next question: What movie or book are you low key ashamed of liking because it's cheesy? because it's cheesy. I answered this actually in an earlier one, and it would be those 90s Nicolas Cage movies, like Con Air, The Rock in particular. I really like The Rock. They're mm. just so cheesy over the top. The acting is crazy goofy. Uh, the, the, the action is just unbelievably big. Um, so yeah, that's, that I, w- I would go with, with those or, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, a good action movie where you go into going, I'm just going to enjoy the action, not fast and the furious. Those have just gotten stupid. Uh, but a good action movie done well, it's really enjoyable. Top gun Maverick, right? We finally got a good action movie again after how many years? So, um, yeah, mm. that's, that's something that I can just turn my brain off, really just relax and enjoy something that is, fun. yeah, that is a con air is a good one. And, uh, the rock, especially that though, those are good, cheesy action yeah. flicks. Hmm. All right, guys. Do you have a movie or book? You can you can pick a book that you're low key ashamed of. Almost. So I don't think I'm ashamed of the Princess Bride, but it is it is pretty cheesy and pretty awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, it's a, it's a, I'm on the bubble about being ashamed about it. <laughs> Nobody's ashamed of the hmm. Princess Bride. Everybody. No one is. Oh, okay. No one is. All right, because I've I've pulled out Princess Bride um, movie quotes in uh, business meetings. And I got some blank stares. You, you, were you like, after somebody said something dumb, you were like, do you want to send me back to Greenland? Do you want me to send you back? <laughs> do you want me to send you back? My, 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 I found you unemployed my, in my Greenland. Kid, my 13-year-old pulled that out on me the other day. He's like, I said something. He's like, do you want to send me back to Greenland unemployed? And I'm like, where did you, how did, I've never said that to you before. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, that's Princess awesome. Bride. So, Dan, do you yeah. have one? You know, I can't think of one that I'm ashamed of. Um, then I'll embrace it. Like you, you do work for the Babylon, but you're not allowed to be ashamed of anything, right? <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I guess I was trying to think of like action movies, like Arnold Schwarzenegger type movies, where it's just like everything's unbelievable, but it's still awesome. Um, and there's also just like wacky comedies, like um, 
you ever see Top Secret with Val Kilmer? No. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. It doesn't well, every, like... everything everything is just wacky and it just yeah. it's just silly. Um, so uh, maybe that one. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, next question. A little more personal this time, guys. Have you ever been dumped or dumped anyone? Who writes Boy, these questions? Have I? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, then you start. You've got some stories. And in, in, oh, include us in on your historical past of treachery. Well, and, uh, um, no, just pick one. I, had, I know you've got a lot. Just pick one. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's so many. There's so many to choose from here. Harsh. Um, I did have one long-term girlfriend. Uh, I, we were dating for about five years, mm. maybe a little more. Yeah. And uh, 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 broken up. I, I got broken up via email. Ouch. Yeah. Mm. So that's that. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Email so, is rough. After uh, a five-year relationship, it was email. Yeah, yeah. Yikes! So, so can you guys top that? Mm, no, <laughs> don't think right, so. Next question. No, <laughs> none of us. Uh, <laughs> that was really that was just a question for Dan. We just wanted to hear Dan talk. About yeah, it. yeah. I, I I have not been dumped. I dumped someone um, in college, and uh, to date my now current now now current wife. Wow, I'm going to get in trouble with that one. My now my now wife. Come tune tune in next week to find out if Dan's <laughs> wife is still current. Dan's wife, Michael's wife. <laughs> wow. Sorry. This is going the wrong direction. Maybe, 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 maybe that too. I don't know. <laughs> I might get an don't email. Don't check your email. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> Just um, delete my email. You know, I have. Can't break up um, with me. I've I've never been dumped. I've moved away, which was. Is that breaking up? Like, is I moved away, um, and I did break up with one person after I want to. Wait, did you move away from your choice from, or your family's choice? Well, it was my choice. In the sense, I could have stayed, but um, it was at the time we were moving to California, and I was in college, and I was like, I don't want to stay where I am, and the relationship isn't really keeping me here. It was, it was fine, but you know, for me, it was always relationships were always about am I going to get married to the person, not am I going to like enjoy a relationship. Um, so the goal was always long term. So, uh, so once I found out, like once I realized it's not going to be there, then I was fine cutting it off. But uh, yeah, I had one other relationship where I was interested in, in the person, in the girl, just to be clear. And uh, um, <laughs> gotta, thanks for getting that, Dan. You, you got to be clear these days. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, man, it, it was like you have it, like you know, it started on peak and then just kind of fell down. And it was mm. sort of you realize, yeah, this just isn't working. And after like six months, I. I, I, I did it in person. I did not actually say that, but I was just like, yeah, you know, I just see us going anywhere and it hurt her a lot. And I was just like, it was, mm. it was rough, but it would hurt her longer if I would have stayed. So there's that. The problem is, is like a year later, she emailed me and she's like, hey, I was wondering if we could get coffee sometime just as friends. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but I was, you know, I felt sorry for her in a way. And it was like the whole, can we get back together? And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. We're never getting back together again. And I think it's best we don't ever see each other again either. So it's like it went from like there's a little bit of hope. So you're saying there's hope for her to like absolutely nothing. Yeah. Zero Zilch Zipperino. So. so did you You just hit the button for the Taylor Swift song? I, I took my coffee and never, went, never, never ever, again. Ever. Dumped it right on. No. I'm no. Yeah, I was I, I was um, in college and, and uh, I broke it off and I was a bit of a jerk about it. I'm not yeah. proud. It was I'm, it was. I'm, I'm Dan. Are we surprised? Really? I mean, <laughs> sorry. I, and it was only downhill from there. I just got worse. <laughs> oh man. All right. Okay. 
Two more questions, guys, and then we're done. What books should we as a society read that we're not reading anymore? Is there a book? Is, what are we not reading that we should be reading? Should we say not like the Bible? Should we say that? Aside from the most popular Aside from the most popular, most history. published, most influential book in history. How about, yeah, aside from the Bible? I have lots of answers, but I will go with... Pick one. Uh, G.K. Chesterton's Orthodoxy. Mm. I think the, uh, there's lots of things we could read by G.K. Chesterton. I think his... Um, he was one of those rare minds that came at a kind of peak of education in in a Western world, and um, he had such insightful v- views into the nature of society and relationships and um, of all all sorts, metaphysical, physical, and and cultural. And uh, his book Orthodoxy is just a, a good example of his his uh, struggle with one of the most yeah. important topics. And so, yeah, I think, I think more GK Chesterton. Okay. Hmm. Dan, you want to go? Got a book? So what are we not reading? What are like, we, are we reading defining that? Be? I don't know. Define it as a book because, we should all be reading. Like, it, it, not, yeah. Let's not, I mean, it's just a good book that people should be reading that a lot of people aren't. Hmm. We're not basing it on whether I will we can... tell you, I'll, I'll give you two. One is the Lord of the Rings. These guys, come on. What? Are you kidding? On brand. On brand. Oh, no. Very nice. No, seriously. Like, so many people have seen the movies. They're like, do I need to read the books now? And that, that bothers me a lot. Yes. So, um, yes. Lord of the Rings. And I think the other one, and I'm not going to go theology or anything like that, like 1984. Like, if we all read 1984, um, there might be more insight into the way things are actually happening in, in, in the powers that be these days. That resembles that more than you think. So, those would be, Yeah. 1984. Yep. Brave New World can do that too. Same, yeah. Yeah. Same style. Yeah. Along that vein, there's a lot of, there are a lot of great books that people should be reading. And yeah. Well, being yeah. abandoned. We'd be here a long time and we're already here way too long. So, mm-hmm. you know what people aren't reading these days? Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a book that a lot of people aren't reading these days. Wow. It really should be. Sorry, I'm, my audio is having some trouble. <laughs> Dan, Michael, when was thought, the last time you read that? I, I, I thought I heard someone just recommend we read heresy. So I'm, I'm sure that there didn't happen. There you go. <laughs> all right, we'll go with it. That's a good, I mean, there's something good about uh, what it. Am I'm I, all for what, it. I don't know. That's right. Do it. Yeah. All right, last question. Guys, this is sort of the general question that maybe we can just talk about for a couple of minutes. We're getting rewrites, retreads, and rethinkings for modern audiences and all the stories that we see, hear, read. Everything is redone, right? Again, Little Mermaid just came out because Disney can't come up with anything new. So they just take what they did and make it worse. Um, So how can we foster creativity so we get new stories, new tales, great new creative art? And I mean stories, really. Like how can we foster that creativity in people again? Hmm. One of those is they the last to, question is they need to read. Yeah, I was just going to say they have to read good stories. So they know what good right. stories are. Yeah. So, so see our answer to the previous question. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But, but no. To be more specific, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about because I was I've been rereading some old fairy tales and fairy stories, um, and that I that doesn't exist nowadays in children's literature. Now, the, 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 there's a difference between mm. the parts of the question, because you can answer it with regard to children's literature or with regard to adult literature. Um, but in a way, this answer, this, this touches on both. And that is that we're afraid of stories that speak of things that are dark and things that involve suffering. 
Nobody, mm, yeah, nobody, right. not, and, and I mean, real suffering. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, and those used to be an integral part of stories and people leaned into those. And I don't just mean dystopian literature. I mean, literature that is, that is deep and hard and, and, um, and challenges you on a, on a whole bunch of levels. And so I so think l- if, l- give me an example of like, are you talking like crime and punishment or, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I'm talking Dickens, about Dickens, you know, bro- uh, well, Dickens would be a good start because even kids can read Dickens. Um, you could, but brothers Karamazov is, is probably one of the heights of that, of those things. But even the grim fairy tales, like the actual grim fairy tales, there was a reason why they are so harsh. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, in, in terms of teaching one about life actually and the choices one makes. Um, but you, you read early sci-fi with Asimov and iRobot and others, other works of his, and you see a harshness to the literature, which is challenging. Yeah. And it, even though you may not agree with the author's point or worldview, um, it's, it's you, you need that. We need that struggle. Our imaginations need to be engaged. They're like a muscle. You have, they have to work on something. And if all you ever do is work on gruel and milk, then you, then you'll never be able to, to create the meat. Um, and I'm not, refer, you know, funny jokes about rings of power, raw meat, um, aside there's there's a real i mean this is a scriptural thing too right you know we 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 seek the things that are substantial and meat um the meat of literature is something that you have to be able to build to your system has to be able to be fortified in order to 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 create it and digest it and so anyway there you go there's my lame analogy here i'm gonna bring up like the uh the stories the fairy tales when i was a kid in like three four five five years old in germany um was something called struvelpeter Oh my um, goodness! Which, uh, which, what does it mean? It's like Harry, shock-headed Peter. Anyway, slovenly. And these are stories like, look, the kid won't eat his food. And I, these were this was exactly like this has been printed for a long time. This was exactly the animations that were in the book that I had as a child. A kid who won't eat his food just I don't want to eat. I'm not going to eat it, and eventually whittles down to nothing and dies. Or here you go. The next kid, the boy does not groom himself properly, is consequently unpopular. Or the girl who plays with matches and burns to death. Like, these are the stories. It's not like people won't like you or mom and dad will be upset or we'll take away your video games. It's like, no, you're you going to die. die in flames. Yeah. Or, you will die in and flames. The, the cat's crying, putting out the, the ashes of the girl who died. <laughs> oh, that's um, the girl's body. <laughs> that's the girl's body. That's what's left of her. And so, yeah, no real pain, oh, real ash. Um, and so then here, the kid who sucks his thumbs gets his thumbs cut off. Like, that's this, this guy comes in. Um, <laughs> A roving tale. I like how this is a moral tale about the kid who won't stop sucking his thumb, but not about the guy with the giant scissors. Like it's you know <laughs> that's just normal. He's he's just doing what he does. <laughs> you you had to teach these things, or the kid who doesn't like who's using his phone while not crossing the street falls into the water and mm-hmm. drowns. So anyway, um, yeah, that's I mean a small part of like we like dealing with real 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 pain, and that's one of the things we talked about in our live stream is that. The, these great writers of the 20th century, they had experienced real despair, real pain. Like they knew what it was and they conveyed that in a way that we can somewhat, we can understand it better because of the stories that they wrote. And right. when you don't understand that, you can't write depth. It's kind of like Rings of Power saying, using the word faith, but not tying it to anything. They never no said idea. what you have they, faith in. Because they have no idea in. what faith is. Yeah. yeah. So there it is, guys. More reading. Everybody can read more. And that's what we're going to do here on uh, exploring Tolkien. Almost said Windows you almost West. said Windows West. That was close. All right, guys. Long episode. We're going to move into our hopefully somewhat a little bit briefer uh, 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 members section. So if you want to do that, go to theonering.com slash member, become a member, and uh, 
you you'll you can ask the questions there that we'll answer on the podcast and you can also uh chat on discord with us you can get get the extended podcast um and uh what, what else do we do what am i missing oh our our monthly uh video chats so we do monthly video cat chats in discord we all just get together and kind of talk for a couple hours it's a lot of fun oh and we do a uh every other week we have a book club we're reading through taliesin by uh stephen r lawhead so join us there uh that's on thursday nights uh and go to the one slash member become member four dollars a month first month is free of course, unless you're like Harrison, Adam, Lynn, and Chuck, who give us a little bit more to keep the lights on, uh, we really appreciate their sponsorship. And too. such colorful lights they are. Yes. I usually big. say good- goodbye to the freeloaders, but you're probably all asleep by now since it's been like an hour and a half. So, <laughs> All right. Well, if you're still here and you're an extended member, you get the extended podcast intro twice.